We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. All right. Let's go. What's good, Knicks Nation? Welcome to another Game of the Week preview. Of course, we have to get ready for this in-season tournament. And who better to help me break this thing down than Rohan Kati? You can go find him over at the Yiro Step Podcast, covering the Milwaukee Bucks. But before we get into asking Rohan how he's doing and breaking down this game, guys, you know what you got to do. You got to hit that thumbs up button for your boys. You got to share these links to all your family members and friends. Also, you gotta hit. You also gotta. You gotta support the channel by supporting our sponsor, Underdog Fantasy. Use that promo code KFTV to get up to a one hundred dollar match. All right, let's get ready for this game. It's tomorrow at seven thirty p.m. on TNT. Rohan, how are you feeling about tomorrow? Are you excited? I'm excited. It's the it's the first ever. I mean, we'll have some games uh, today on Monday, but uh, it'll be the first ever game in franchise history for the Knicks and Bucks in the knockout stage of the in season tournament. I I'm one of the people who, when thinking about the in season tournament, I know a lot. Of, there's been a lot of discourse about, oh, is is it is it worth it? Is it is it going to be fun? I think it's fun. I think it's fun. Like, why not try something? Why not have some fun? These games were going to happen anyway. They were go- they're part of the regular season. They were going to happen anyway. Why not try to make it more exciting? Why not try to add some more like value to it? Try to add some more competition to it because these guys, like the players, they clearly they clearly care. They're stepping up to the competition. They want to get that money. They want to go to Vegas. They want to help out like the the two-way contracts the coaching staff get that extra 500k and like 500k is a lot of money like if someone offered me 500k i'd do anything i can to go get that money so i think i think it's fun i'm very very excited for this knockout stage bro you took the words right out of my mouth i was excited about this when we found out this off season that we're getting an in-season tournament and for all the reasons that you said right and i know the whole question of like are the players going to be hyped about this are they going to be competitive when it comes to these games Look, you put anything on the line. These guys, there's egos. There's guys who want to like make sure they show that they're the best in the league. Look, you're gonna LeBron's gonna want to win this thing. You you tell me he doesn't want to add another notch to his belt. LeBron's team is in there. Lakers are in there, right? You got Kevin Durant and the Phoenix Suns. And I think the cool thing about this is that this could be previews for playoff rounds, right? Playoff series where let's talk. It could be. Knicks Bucks, right? In the in the Eastern Conference playoffs. It could be Bucks Celtics, could be an Eastern Conference uh type playoff series as well. You could throw the Pacers in there too. And so I like these games because you get some you get a little added edge, as you noted, right? For between all these teams. And it's gonna be single round, single game elimination. That's intriguing. You gotta come with your A game. I like all that type of stuff. So I'm excited for tomorrow. And let's get into this conversation between the Knicks and the Bucks. 
But first, I got to ask you, how are you feeling about the Bucks this season? You guys got Damian Lillard. Now Giannis Antetokounmpo. Chris Middleton's on the way back. How, how do you feel about your team up until this point? Overall, it's it's been a little bit of a roller coaster for the for the Milwaukee Bucks this season. You'll see them play. It's like the shock factor of just having Damian Lillard in not just a non-Portland Trailblazers uniform, but a Milwaukee Bucks uniform. Uh, Bucks fans have been have been dreaming for years and years and years about what's the perfect point guard to realistically pair with Giannis. You want someone who has massive shooting gravity, and it's like theoretically the best possible fit next to next to Giannis is Steph Curry. Sure. Uh, the second best is Damian Lillard, because not only are those two, like Steph and Dame, some of the greatest shooters to ever play the game of basketball, it's because of that shooting that they create that three-point shooting gravity, while you also have one of the most dominant rim finishers in the entire world on your team at the same time. So it's like, pick your poison if you're a defense. That's realistically what they're going to have to do. So coming into the season, it's more like, a, oh, my God, this is actually happening. Damian Lillard's a buck. Who cares about anything else? This is the best duo in the NBA. But then this season comes. And even during our, our own uh, season preview, I, I warned the listeners. I was like, let's 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 pump the brakes a little bit. Let's let's sort of think about how this is actually going to happen. They're not going to hit the ground running. I would be shocked if they did there's going to be a lot of time that they need to take to figure things out because not only are they trying to institute a brand new offense, they're instituting a brand new defense and they have a brand new head coach, a first time head coach in Adrian Griffin. So all of those factors together, you can't realistically expect everything to just coalesce right away. And that's sort of materialized on the court for the Bucks this season. We've seen a lot of up and down play. We haven't seen Giannis and Dame completely mesh yet. However, we do get glimpses of that because uh, the, this team, unfortunately, has played a lot of close games this year. And because of that, we've gotten to see this team operate in clutch time. And they are the best net rating uh, by net rating clutch team in the NBA because they have Damian Lillard to go take over. Oh, by the way, you also have Giannis Antetokounmpo to take over. And against the Miami Heat in a game last week uh, for the championship for Group B in the in-season tournament, you saw in that game when they closed out the Miami Heat, you had Giannis, you had Dame, you had Chris Middleton also coming into the mix, showcasing that, hey, by the way, in years past without Dame, I've been the guy who's sort of been the ball handler in these situations, these clutch time, big game situations. I'm here too. You have all three of these guys playing off of each other. So even though we haven't seen the best version of this entire team on the court yet, we have seen glimpses of it and it looks scary. So a long-winded way of answering your question is I've, I'm intrigued by what I've seen by the Milwaukee Bucks this season. Does the defense scare you at all? Like, I know the offense, like, it's not quicking, but yet you have the Bucs that are still top-rated when it comes to offensive rating in the NBA. You know, they're fourth currently fourth right now with a 118 uh, offensive rating. But that defense, man, especially to start off the season was awful, you know, Dame's not known as a as a defender on the perimeter. Chris Middleton coming off of injuries, looking a little step slower, but still getting into rhythm. Obviously, you got that paint protection with Giannis Antetokounmpo and Brooke Lopez, but that perimeter defense has been shaky. So, what are your feelings on that? It's been it's been like the rest of the season. It's been a little up and down. We started off this season. Uh, the Bucks were not playing a traditional drop defense, even though they had Brooke Lopez. It took them around five, five or six games to be like, yeah, we uh, I think one of the players actually went to Adrian Griffin and was like, yeah, 
I need to listen to my guys. And Adrian Griffin said, yeah, we're going to play drop defense. The players want it. We're going to do it. We're going to get back to that. And immediately the Bucks defense started getting better. Now they're not like the defense they were. They're not a juggernaut defense that they have been in years past with Mike Budenholzer and Drew Holiday. They have not been that team yet. Uh, and because of, like you mentioned, Drew, uh, Drew Holiday, the drop off between him and Damian Lillard on the defensive end is uh, significant, to say the least. Uh, <laughs> Putting it nicely. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's it's you're not going to get that defense. This is a complete paradigm shift for this team, because this team, when they won the title back in 2021, it was based on just hard nosed defense. We are going to outgrind you. We are going to get possession after possession. We are going to make you work. We're going to we're going to operate in the trenches here to get every single possession. That's not how this team can operate anymore. They have to be a team where they are an offense first. We have to outscore our opponent. And as long as we can keep like an average defense, that should be enough because their offense should carry them. I am a little concerned about the defense. We'll talk about it in regards to this matchup, but you can always on on whatever on whatever app you want to use for the for underdog fantasy for this podcast, we'll say that you can always bet on the opposing point guard over if if they're playing the Milwaukee Bucks because <laughs> it it hits. It hits consistently. You you have Kyle Lowry, and when he's 50 years old, his one knee, he'll still hit the over against the Milwaukee Bucks. It's it's going to happen because they just like a backcourt of Damian Lillard and Malik Beasley just does not get it done on the defense of them. I've been someone who's been who's been clamoring for boss man nine nine himself, Jay Crowder, to be in the starting lineup over Malik Beasley. Unfortunately, mm. the Bucks are dealing with a lot of injuries. Pat Connaughton's out. Uh, Jay Crowder is out. One of their rookies who's made into the rotation, Andre Jackson Jr., he's been dealing with a back injury. So a lot of their wing rotation has sort of been like, okay, Malik Beasley, please. <laughs> like, we, we, <laughs> you have your opportunity. You're still a starter. Make the best of it because we need you to. There's no other option. So the defense is a little concerning. But as this team starts to get healthier, I could see them getting a little better if you add someone like Jay Crowder into the starting lineup over a Malik Beasley. But yeah, the backcourt defense does concern me. Salute to Knicks Nation. Thank you all for tuning in for another Game of the Week preview. We are previewing the New York Knicks facing the Milwaukee Bucks. Joining me today is Rohan Kati. You can find him over at the Yiddo Step Podcast covering the Milwaukee Bucks. Does an excellent job over there. Make sure to hit that thumbs up button for your boys. Make sure to support our sponsor, Underdog Fantasy. Use that promo code KFTV to get a $100, up to a $100 match. So, Rohan, you know, you, you mentioned Jay Crowder being out, all this injury issue. What's it been like for for Adrian Griffin to manage all of this right now? And what have you thought about him as a head coach? It's been up and down. It's been up and down. I I don't know how much of a of a discourse this this sort of uh, other outside community sort of realized or or saw this, but there was a huge thing about Adrian Griffin. Uh, should he be fired seven games or ten games into the season? Wow. Yeah, that was a bit. It was a big thing. Uh, most logical people said no because it's been ten games. Uh, <laughs> seven games in—that's that's intense. I thought I, I, yeah, it was like it was, I think it was like Oof. ten games. I think not seven, but it was still it was still crazy. But it's been up and like that's indicative of what the Adrian Griffin experience has been like because they 
don't really have an identity yet. They're still trying to figure themselves out. And obviously a lot of that blame from an outside perspective goes to the head coach. Like if you're just a fan, like it's like, oh, why isn't Adrian Griffin doing this? He was brought in, Bud was fired. And now we have Adrian Griffin. He was supposed to be an upgrade. Why isn't this working? And in some regards, that's fair. Like that's that's the role that he was supposed to be in. He's supposed to be the upgrade over Mike Budenholzer. However, this is a completely different roster. They made the Damian Lillard trade a franchise-altering trade about a month before the season started. You don't have time to realistically get a game plan together because, like I mentioned earlier, you have to shift everything. Your offensive philosophies, your defensive philosophies, everything has to change when you acquire Damian Lillard. So they're still figuring it out. One thing I will say about Adrian Griffin is that he will always listen to his players. I mentioned earlier about how they went back to a drop defense because they had uh, players speak up and say, hey, we need to get back to this. This is more comfortable. He listened to them. And even in terms of like shot selection and IQ, he's not going to be he's not going to be on his players about that, but he will. He will hold them accountable. You've seen you've seen instances. Uh, there have been instances where Giannis gets pulled out of a game and Adrian Griffin like and him sort of get into it a little bit like Giannis saying, hey, I don't want to come out of the game. Those two will have a conversation. He'll mm-hmm. be like, no, you need a breather right now. Okay, we'll have this conversation. You made your point. I made my point. Go get back in the game. I'll listen to you at the end of the day, but there has to be that communication. So that's been very, very, very good to see, considering there has been some reporting coming out after Bud was fired that, yeah, maybe these players and coaching staffs didn't really get along too well. There wasn't a direct line of communication. So it's really, really nice to see that there is a direct line of communication between the players and the coaches, and they do seem to be getting along well. Now, in terms of actual X's and O's, we have yet to see how Adrian Griffin is going to be the master tactician that he was brought in to be. Like he was a pioneer of the Giannis wall defense that Toronto implemented. He was responsible. Jimmy Butler gave him credit as a player development coach in his most improved player speech. Like these are the type of things we want to see from Adrian Griffin. And again, I think it's just a little too early in the season to really see like Because this team, like I mentioned, they're still trying to find an identity. They're trying to shift from a defensive to an offensive-minded approach, and that takes time. You can't really say that 20 games into the season. For sure. And look, you got to give head coaches some time, especially this this is a promotion. This is a massive promotion. You're going from not only do you have to worry about the X's and O's, but you're managing player right uh emotions and, and egos you're managing your coaching staff as well. There's a lot more that goes into that as a head coach. So seven games in, wild, but Seems like everything's working out, especially with the direct line of communication that you're talking about. But I do have to ask, ask this one question. What happened to the Terry Stotts situation with Adrian Griffin? Because that was interesting. It seemed like Adrian was just a little upset that Terry Stotts was start, was crossing the boundary of, of like head coach and assistant coach. Can you, can you go into the, a little bit more information about that? Yeah, I think I think Eric Name of The Athletic actually had a great story about detailing what happened with that situation. So if I could paraphrase him a little, I think it was more of a situation where Terry Stotts wasn't really ready to be an assistant coach. He had been in the head coaching chair for so long. There was a there was an incident at practice where Adrian Griffin wanted to gather all the assistant coaches after a practice sort of set or something and say, hey, we're going to have a little coaches meeting. Terry Stotts went off. It's like, no, I'm going to go talk to Giannis and Damo about the offense. Give me a minute. Uh, Adrian Griffin's like, no, we're having this coaching uh, discussion here. Come over here. And Terry Stotts is like, no, give me a minute. And then that ended up with like Adrian Griffin, like yelling across the gym, like, hey, no, we're doing this now. And it's like sort of like I think it was Terry Stotts not ready to be in the position 
where he's the underling to a, a head coach. He's used to being the guy in the chair, making the making the big time calls, making the decisions, being the Adrian Griffin in that situation. So I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. I think it's like Terry Stotts not necessarily being ready to be in that role because he hasn't been in that role in decades. So it's I don't think it's too it's it's that big of a deal. Would it have helped? Absolutely, to have Terry Stotts in here implementing an offense when he was the head coach of Damian Lillard for a long time. That would have helped a tremendous amount. Is it going to be the end, end of the world if he's not there? Doesn't really seem like it. It would have been nice to have, but oh well. Okay. So with the coaching staff situated, Terry Stotts out of the way and believing that he's not ready to get into that role. That makes sense. Look, you've been a top guy leading the Portland Trailblazers. You took him to the playoffs. Makes sense. It, it's 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 also an ego check for him, right? And like understanding, hey, this is not my role, even though it would have been great to have somebody with that type of experience to kind of usher in Adrian Griffin. I get like how both parties weren't necessarily jiving and understanding. Like it, it's two different it's two different tracks. Both both those guys were on. So totally understandable. But I gotta ask this question with everything going on in the Bucks for this season. Do you see a trade happening by the trade deadline to improve this roster, especially on the defensive side? I do. I do. One thing about the the general manager of the Bucks, John Horace, he will always try and get you a defensive minded forward at the trade deadline, whether it's an actual trade or a buyout guy. It, it's been Jay Crowder. It's been PJ Tucker. It's been it's been who was that Marvin Williams uh, as a buyout guy in the past. So he will always make sure he's going to be active at the trade deadline. We have a we have a little nickname for we call him Trader John. Because uh, it's just there's Trader Danny, Trader John. Good God, can we get can we get something more original than the Trader? <laughs> the trader I I agree. I don't like it, but it's just what it is. Like I just I have to go with it. I haven't thought of anything else, so I guess it's my fault. So I, it, unless I think about something better, I have to go with what other people are saying. But he will always make a move at the trade deadline. He will go and get someone. The problem with this is after including Grayson Allen in the Damian Lillard trade, they only have two sort of mid mid-sized salaries left, and that's Bobby Portis and Pat Connaughton. Um, and whether fortunately or unfortunately, if if you're who's depending on whose perspective you're on, Bobby Portis, though he started off strong this season, in the last six games, he's been under double-digit scoring four times out of the last six games after only doing that one time in the first 14 games. So it's it's been a little bit of a cold streak for Bobby. And we saw last season uh, in the playoffs against Miami, he didn't really fare too well against the Celtics the previous year. He also didn't fare too well. It's 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 put up or shut up time for Bobby Portis. Like he, he, if he wants to remain on this team, he's going to need to really, really put in a shift. And he has been like early in the season. He's shown that he is an important, he can be an important piece to this team. Like going back to the title run, like he was a very, very important depth piece for them. So he's been, I think he finished like second or third and sixth man of the year voting last year. This is a guy who can be very, very productive as Knicks fans know. So it's, uh, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see because he's probably the most likely salary to go if there was a trade. Well, let's remember second second place last year for six man of the year was Emmanuel quickly. So he had to be lower than that. Okay. We, we, for Bobby Portis, Bobby Portis, will never forget the, the crazy eyed Bobby Portis, uh, revenge game against the Chicago bulls. He did his thing. He's doing his thing out in Milwaukee. Salute to him, but salute to Knicks nation for everyone tuning in for this game of the week preview. We got Rohan Kati. He, you can find him over at the Yiro step podcast, covering the Milwaukee bucks. 
Make sure you hit that thumbs up button for your boys. Make sure to share these links. Make sure to subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already. And make sure to support our sponsor, Underdog Fantasy. So let's go to the, let's let's talk about Underdog Fantasy because Rohan especially gave us a little gem for tomorrow. Everyone out there, support our sponsor, okay? Because it is fun. If you want to add a new element to this game when you watch the Knicks and the Bucks tomorrow, or even when you watch the Knicks or any other team throughout this throughout this regular NBA season, even get into the playoffs. Download Underdog Fantasy. They made the game that much more fun because you can choose all these different. Uh, you can choose all these different. It's a it's a good fantasy sports betting app. You can choose all these different uh, players to choose from with different statistics and categories. Look, Rohan just gave us uh, the gem for tomorrow, saying choose the point guard who's going to and, and choose the the higher for the number. So for tomorrow, you got twenty four and a half for Jalen Brunson. Rohan's telling you to take the higher on that. And look, we saw Jalen Brunson put up 45 against the Milwaukee Bucks earlier this season. I'm in agreement. So you can go download the app right now. Choose Jalen Brunson because, as Rohan said, it's going to happen. It's just going to it's gonna be that type of way. You know Damian Lillard's not guarding anybody. But you can also choose other statistical categories, okay? And you get some combinations. You can choose assists, rebounds. You got blocks and steals, personal fouls. You can make it interesting. Choose higher low on all of that. And to make it even better, make sure to use the promo code KFTV to get up to a $100 match. Once again, that's KFTV. Use that promo code to get up to a $100 match. All right. Just had to take care of business for a second, but let's get back to this game. Let's get into the matchup now, Rohan. Let's 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 do the X's and O's. Let's talk about stats and everything. Before I give you the key player, the key players of this game, who I'm looking at, I got to bring up this for you and, and let, let me know your thoughts on this. There are three statistics that I was looking at yesterday uh, for the Knicks where they they outperform the Bucks. One of them is when it comes to second chance points. Knicks are third in the league right now, averaging 16.3 points per game with the Bucks who are 26 with 12, 12.7. Another stat I got. Knicks are fifth when it comes to scored points scored off of turnovers, 18.7 per game compared to the Bucks who are 29th, 14.1. Knicks are 13th in limiting opponents' fast break points to only 14.2 compared to the Bucks who are 25th to 15.4. Now, if anything that's telling me is that the Knicks got a good chance of controlling the glass, pushing out in the pace, pushing out the pace, which they do like to do this season with Josh Hart, Emmanuel Quickly, and Dante DiVincenzo when we use that second unit. And doesn't seem like the Bucs are good when it comes to limiting those fast break points out, out in transition. So what do you think about those statistics I just gave you? How does that make you feel for tomorrow? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
you know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f- best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Marvel's game. It makes me it makes me think about the defense of the Milwaukee Bucks and it makes me think about Brooke Lopez. Because when you think about uh um a lot of like second chance points, the first first stat you talked about, a lot of the times it's it's dealing with uh Brooke Lopez, how he's he gonna fare boxing out offensive rebounding opportunities, how is he gonna how is he gonna hold up in those situations? So I think a lot of that comes down to him uh utilizing his size we 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 like to use this thing uh, on the euro step we we call it we like the bucks like to weaponize their size mm. and and with uh with their massive front line of Giannis and brooke the thing is then then the knicks excuse me also have a massive center in mitchell robinson who's going to be like one of the keys uh key players in this matchup in my opinion because he is going to be the guy who's consistently given brooke lopez trouble in the past he's been a center like one of the only centers you can be like, yeah, I'm I'm also as big as you are. I might be bigger. I'm longer. I'm quicker than you. Deal with it. And Brooke has had trouble with that. Like Mitchell Robinson's got him a lot of times on offensive boards. And this Knicks team, they play physical. They play big. So it's going to be important for the Bucks to also play physical, play big. But it's going to be difficult because they start a lot of guys who don't really do that this season. Damian Lillard, Malik Beasley, Chris Middleton, not the most physical guys. <laughs> uh, at least not anymore uh, with Chris. I, I yearn for the days when Chris Middleton was a three and D guy. Mm. I, the, there was a, there was an incident uh, at the Bucks old practice facility where he slipped on a wet spot, tore his hamstring and he's never been the same since. I uh, just, wow. it, it was, it, they were playing in like a church or something. That was their old. Pro- they, they shared the practice practice facility with, with some pastors. It, it was oh. crazy. They immediately got a new practice facility. And it's beautiful, but unfortunately that incident happened. But Chris Middleton, not not a defensive stalwart uh, as he was back in the back in the day. So it's it's going to be a lot of uh, it's going to be a lot of Bucks uh, trying to be physical, and that comes down to Giannis and Brook. Like Giannis and Brook are going to need to carry the load on that end because, like I mentioned earlier, guys like Jay Crowder, Pat Connaughton are out. So you're going to need to try to limit these second chance scoring opportunities. And that also comes into play with getting out in transition, trying to limit fast break points. What 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 is Dame and Malik Beasley? What are they doing in transition on defense? Nothing, nothing. What are they going to do? Try and like their goal is to not foul, not give up and ones. Like I I think the Knicks are going to feast. So it's going to be it's going to be important for the Bucks to not really have long rebounding opportunities, not have Giannis just chuck up these weird airball threes that lead to transition <laughs> because those those bother me so much and just not, try to limit these offensive rebounding opportunities because uh 
that leads into second chance points. And when you're on offense, when the Bucks are on offense, try to sort of get back on defense. If you have Giannis sort of trailing back, if you have him on the wing, try to have him run back and transition quickly because he's a he's a game wrecker on the defensive end when he's actually like engaged and sure. in, in running back on defense. But if it's just Damon Malik Beasley trying to get back, no, they got no shot. So I think those those aspects of the game really, really play into the Knicks' favor. And, and those are the aspects of the game that I had to point out because one, the Knicks have typically been a bad transition fast break team in the past. And according to like cleaning the glass last year, like the Knicks were still in like the bottom five until the Josh Hart trade. Then Josh Hart comes here, comes around and then Knicks start to skyrocket because we know what Josh Hart likes to do. Grab boards, push and transition. Then you add another guy this offseason, Dante DiVincenzo. You got Emmanuel quickly who likes to push the pace as well. And so that team, and then you have RJ who likes to get out in transition and who does a lot of, of his feasting with that second unit. Um, so it's nice to see that. And that's one thing I didn't think the Knicks really utilized when they played the Bucks the first time, uh, this season is that we had to do a lot of reliance on Jalen Brunson getting score scoring in, uh, in the half court offense. We didn't have RJ that game. So the second unit was missing a key component of what they do because he's just like a battering ram when it comes to moving on transition, just in the half court, he just likes to get downhill. And then if you got to collapse on RJ, it opens up the three point shooting for everybody else on that team. So that component, when it comes to transition sticks out to me. And then you talked about Mitchell Robinson and I was actually impressed uh, against the bucks the first time, because in the past, you know, you talked about how he gives Brooke Lopez a difficult time, but it's, it's also Giannis, too, that gives Mitch a difficult time as well. And the fact that Giannis was driving and Mitch was still able to stand tall and, and take the and take, uh, I guess, Giannis's strong approach to just attacking the rim. That was impressive this season. So I liked how Mitch has improved the seat. Mitch has improved the season. In my opinion, he's definitely a candidate for being on an all-defensive uh, team this year for the NBA. I think he's just playing at that level. The offensive rebounding is just on another level. He's leading the league. He's doing a phenomenal job. So that's why I had to bring up those components. Um, is there anything that you would think for the Bucks though, that the Knicks should be on? Obviously, you got to worry about, as you mentioned earlier in the show, Giannis and Dame. Those guys are just two offensive engines by themselves. But is there anything that you would think that the Knicks should have to watch out for? On the on yeah. the flip side, I, th- I think one thing that uh, one thing I didn't mention earlier when it comes to Giannis and Dame is is the big the big talking point heading into the season is oh what's the Giannis Dame pick and roll going to look like? Yes, I was oh, going to ask you about that too. That's that's going to be oh it's going to be a game record. It's going to be the best play in basketball. Theoretically, it will. Uh, Giannis just isn't a great screener. Uh, he's just he struggled with that at times. He just doesn't make contact on his screens. He did didn't do that for the first couple games of the season. Now he is. Now he's starting to actually set good screens, starting to make good contact. And you can see Damian Lillard's three-point percentage starting to creep up because he's getting more open shots, because he's getting more space because of those screens that Giannis is setting. And not only Giannis, the the Dame Brook pick and roll has been really, really effective. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but that's almost been more effective than the Giannis uh, Dame pick and roll because mm. Brook Lopez is such just a massive, he's just a big dude. And he will, he sets good screens. He gets he caught does. a little bit on moving screens. Uh, it seems like there's been a little <laughs> bit of a point. <laughs> Who of doesn't emphasis. have a moving screen in the NBA nowadays? <laughs> Apparently Bam out of bio, but that's a ah. conversation for a different day. Ah, uh, yes. This is where, this is where Bucks fans and Knicks fans unite. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Never gets called. But it's it's going to be important to see that Giannis is setting better screens now and uh, he's starting to roll better because Brooke Lopez is is a better roller because that's just that's what he does. He's not asked to do like 
9,000 things with the basketball. So yeah, of course, he's going to be a better roller than Giannis, who's going to be trying to see the entire court, make the right passes, while also trying to score at the rim, try to see if Dame is open, try to feed Dame, all these. Brooke Lopez, when he gets the ball, he shoots, even though he has been passing a little bit more. Uh, another another thing you can potentially go higher on is uh, Brooke Lopez assists at like 0.5 most games. Mm. Uh, but... Rohan's just dropping gents for all you. You better all better <laughs> download try- the underdog fantasy app and put these put these choices in. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm, I'm I'm helping the people out here. I'm trying my best. But it's it's really important to see that Giannis is setting better screens now. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Knicks sort of play that matchup. How do you how do you see those matchups playing out? Do you not think it's gonna do you think it's gonna be the same or different compared to the first game of the season? Well, now you just you just gave me the runway just to get into the key matchup of the game, Rohan. I appreciate this. And and let me tell you about the key matchup of the game we got to talk about first. It is none other than the point guard positions himself, Jalen Brunson and Damian Lillard. This is where I'm going to as my key matchup of the game. Why? Because both these guys led each other's respective teams in scoring the last time they met up. You had Jalen Brunson who dropped 45 points against the Milwaukee Bucks. And then you had Dame give a quiet 30, man. It was really quiet. It's the quietest 30 I've ever seen from Dame in my life. And, and he did a great job. Both, te- both players did a great job in that in that matchup, in that, uh, in that first game. I'm looking at these, at these two players because for similar reasons. They're both clutch players. Jalen Brunson, when he gets down to the fourth quarter, as you saw when he played the Bucks the first time, he'll keep you in it. He did it against the Miami Heat, too, as a one-man band man. Scoring forty some odd points, game six of the Eastern Conference semis. We know what Dame, we know Dame time. We know Dollar Dame. We know he can pull up from the logo and, and drain a three when he needs to in order to put this game uh, to seal the game or put it into overtime. And these guys are going to be the head of the snake for both teams. They're going to be facilitating. They're going to be scoring. These are the guys in this matchup. I'm looking forward to watching because I think this is going to come down toe to toe offensively on both sides. You know, we're going to probably have Quentin Grimes guarding Damian Lillard. We'll see how effective. That is, and then we're gonna. I'm not sure who you're gonna have uh, on Brunson. I guess you could. I don't know if you want. I I don't even know who would be. Who is it gonna be? Uh, Beasley. Who, who it, would be it, it would probably be Malik Beasley. Uh, it, it was really funny. Barbecue coming, chicken. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was really funny coming into the season. You you had Adrian Griffin uh, talk about Malik Beasley, and he was saying like, yeah, he's gonna be the guy that's taken the the most. The, the hardest matchups on the defensive end you come, and I'm like really that's that's the game plan <laughs> like Woof. I mean when you're when your other backcourt made is Damian Lillard I guess you have to but I will tell you what I laughed at that I laughed at that comment he's done better than I thought he's done mm-hmm. better than I thought I still want Jay Crowder to replace him when he's healthy in the starting lineup one because of the defense and two I think Malik Beasley's offense will be more helpful coming off the bench uh, especially when you have Giannis and Dame in your starters, but that's a different conversation. I do think that Malik Beasley, is he going to be a massive positive on the defensive end? No. Is he going to be the worst defensive player? No. And that's a win. You take that. You take that. Uh, maybe that's more indicative of the Bucks' current state right now, but I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, a name that's that's not really known outside Bucks circles, Andre Jackson Jr. I mentioned mm-hmm. him earlier. He he is coming in as a rookie out of UConn and just playing, playing defense. I'll tell you what, he needs to control a little bit of the fouls. I think if Jalen Brunson gets him, like he'll he'll sort of bait him. He'll he'll like put put on some vet savvy for him because it's like, yeah, let me let me show this youngster around. Uh that sort of thing. But I do think that Andre Jackson Jr., he's big and he's also quick. 
and he just knows how to play like hard nosed defense. He will press you full full court. He will just be an irritant. He won't shoot the basketball inside the arc, which is a massive issue. Uh, he will have one foot in front of the other when shooting a three, which is a massive issue. But I'll tell you what, he will play some solid defense for like 20 minutes a game. So if he if he is ready to go, he missed the last game due to a back, back tightness, back spasm, something like that. And it, he's questionable, I believe, for this matchup. But if he is ready to go, I would not be surprised to see Andre Jackson Jr. getting some run against Jalen Brunson because the Bucks just desperately need some guard defense. Okay, that's interesting. Looking forward to that matchup. Some other matchups that I have that we got to go through is the Randall and Giannis uh, matchup. I think that will be interesting because Randall didn't have a great outing first time this year, uh, and he was trying to get into offensive rhythm. Now he's back in offensive rhythm. He's not. I hope he doesn't do what he did against the Bucks the first time, which is settle for poor mid-range jumpers, settling for a lot of threes. He took nine threes that game, which he hasn't been great at shooting the three ball. I mean, he shot great. His first All-NBA All-Star season, he shot, I think, close to 40%. Since then, it hasn't gotten close. Yes, Last year, he shot 34%. He's still working his way back up right now. It's over 30%, but he's not that lethal three-point sh- uh, shooter that he was a few seasons ago. Now I'm looking for him, and what he has done this season is get downhill, use his physicality, get his back to the basket, attract double teams, find his guys on the perimeter, find guys cutting. I think his facilitating has been much better this season, which something that I've been asking for of him since he's been a Nick is to improve his passing and looking for his teammates. He's doing that now. I hope he brings that mentality to this game because we need him as much as we need Brunson or to keep up. And then you know what you're going to get from Giannis. I'm just curious, like defensively, is he going to be ready for that? Because Giannis can start at the top of the perimeter and just bully his way in. And Mitch, obviously the safety valve, but you have to give a little bit of resistance to him. Maybe for Julius, that's starting to be more physical on the offensive side first, and then starting to see if you can, you know, wear Giannis down a little bit uh, when it comes to him getting on the offensive side. What do you think about that matchup? I think it's going to be interesting. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I I know that Julius Randle, when it just comes to like massive teams, I mean, not necessarily the Cavs because they're, I wouldn't consider them a massive team. I'd consider them a long team. They're 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 a long team and they're more of a finesse team. They're not really physical. Like you think about Giannis, they think about Brooke. Those guys can get physical. (laughs) Yeah. So it's it's not necessarily like a tall front court. It's like a strong front court. I think the last year's first round series, Knicks Cavs really showed that it's it's not the length that matters. It's the strength that matters. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the Bucks have the length and the strength, which is why he's uh, Julius Randle has sort of had a bit of troubles against the Bucks in the past. But likewise for Giannis, like we've we've seen that. Um, like in that last game, what do you have? Twenty two points or something, which is like way below average for Giannis in in his career but one thing that we have to keep an eye on is brooke lopez i mentioned him on the defensive side earlier on the offensive end brooke lopez has probably been their third best player this season for the milwaukee bucks it hasn't been chris as he works his way back it's been brooke lopez brooke lopez has been dominant he tied his career high with like 13 years later 39 points like two weeks ago it was crazy um He's been more and more, more and more involved in this Bucks offense. And it'll be interesting to see how either that's a strength for the Bucks or if that's limiting for the Bucks. Because if 
Uh, Giannis commands those doubles. If he gets past Julius Randle, draws the help from Mitchell Robinson, can Brooke Lopez be an outlet for it? Or are they going to feed Brooke Lopez too much and then he kind of gets swallowed up by Mitchell Robinson? It's going to be interesting to see how they use Brooke Lopez in that in this matchup, whether he's going to be a focal point of the offense or whether he's going to be a release valve. If he's a release valve, I think he can be very, very, very effective because if Mitchell Robinson is drawn out, then you just get Brooke Lopez against anyone. Like anyone not Mitchell Robinson is just smaller than, than Brooke Lopez. So it'll be interesting to see how that sort of happens because, like I said, if he ends up getting the ball a lot and Mitchell Robinson's on him, it's going to be difficult for him to finish because, like I mentioned, Mitchell Robinson gives him a lot of trouble. I, it's 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 crazy. We we talk a lot about this matchup, and the the one player I always come back to is Mitchell Robinson because he's just he's such a big dude and he's quick, he's skilled, he's just he's just a problem. Yeah, and look, we got. Uh... Got to give a little shout out to Isaiah Hartenstein too, because he's a good backup oh, yeah. center to uh, to what Mitch does. And for a guy who struggled last season to start off with to be in a Tom Thibodeau type system, uh, Hartenstein has really lived up to the challenge and has been even better this season, better than last season, which is even impressive because he was good last season as a backup big, and now he's doing even a greater job. But you know, you, you talk about bringing it back to Mitch Robinson. So I guess we can talk a little bit about this. The one thing I will say for Mitch is that, and I think you pointed out, if you can bring Mitch away from the paint, which is Brooke Lopez shooting threes, right? If you do that, then it just opens up everything. And that's kind of my biggest fear is that that's where Mitch, it's not that he has trouble. It's that that's where the Knicks defense has trouble because he is that anchor. He is that paint presence. And if you take Mitch away from that and, you know, when you look at what Brooke Lopez did last time against the Knicks, he shot four for 10 from downtown. So he shot 40%. And Brooks is going to take a lot of threes. That's the one thing about Brooke. He's going to take a lot of threes. And I'm curious if they're going to allow. I think one thing you got to figure out is just, I don't know how it's going to work, but you, I would rather have Randall try to guard Brooks threes than take Mitch out of the paint because I you don't need that runway, especially for a guy like Dame Willard who can get downhill as well. And that then it just starts to become a more offensive game. And the Knicks offense, as much as it's been clicking, I don't it's gonna to be tough to keep up with the offensive power of the Milwaukee Bucks. So that's where for me, if it comes back to Mitchell Robinson, that's my biggest fear for, for this team. But moving along, we got a salute to Knicks Nation once again. Thank you all for tuning in for a game of the week preview. We got Rohan Kati once again of the Yero Step podcast. Uh, to here to break down this Knicks and Bucks game. Make sure to support our sponsor, Underdog Fantasy, and make sure you hit that thumbs up button for your boys and share these links and videos. All right, getting to the last portion of this breakdown, of this preview. Let's get to the bench. And, and I need to talk about the bench because I think this is where the Knicks' strength will come in, especially with all the injuries that you talk about. No Pat Connaughton. You got no Pat Connaughton. You got no You got no Jay Crowder. Um, and the Knicks' bench in the first matchup, we didn't have uh, R.J. Barrett, even though he is a starter. Like I said, he runs with that second unit. And quickly had a good outing, but we didn't get anything really from uh, Dante DiVincenzo. And then when you put Josh Hart into the starting rotation at well as well, it changes the entire dynamic of how that Knicks offense works for the starters and how that Knicks second unit works. So in this game, seems like everyone's healthy to as of right now, as we record this on Monday at uh, 12, 19 p.m. Eastern time. So. For me, I'm looking at the bench unit because I think that's where the Knicks can find most success. And that's where they found success in their most recent matchup against the Toronto Raptors, where you have Dante DiVincenzo just going 7-9 from downtown. Josh Hart giving you 15 consecutive points. 
I'm not expecting that same type of production again, but I'm expecting this bench unit to really come in here and do some work. And I'm expecting a bounce back game for quickly because he was a little quiet last week as well. What do you think about the bench matchup? I think it's interesting. Uh, I'll, I'll focus in on Dante because he's an uh, old friend of the Milwaukee Bucks, Dante DiVincenzo. Revenge game. Do we get a revenge game? Because we didn't get uh, that last time. We did. Uh, <laughs> he tried. He definitely tried. Uh, one thing that he's sort of, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, one thing he he struggled with with the Bucks, uh, and I haven't kept up with it, was a lot of finishing at the rim has sort of been an issue for Dante. And he'll take shots outside the arc. And one thing this Bucks team can do with Damian Lillard and Malik Beasley, uh, they they may not be the strongest guys. They're quick. They'll run out. They'll 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 uh, they'll go catch up to shooters on the perimeter. Run them off the perimeter. Uh, so if you force him to sort of get into the paint, is that still is that still an issue for Dante? What try, what's it for? What trying to trying to finish in the paint? Yeah, he can't I mean he can't do that. I mean, that's yeah. why I'm like stuttering. Like you're you're really asking this question. Like he can't do that. Come on. Like okay, he can just, drive and he can find and and find guys on the perimeter, but Dante finishing around the rim. Okay, no. I'm which just, is I'm why, just making... which is why when he tried to dunk on Brooke Lopez, I was like, what are we doing here, bro? You're trying to dunk on Brooke Lopez? What's happening today? <laughs> I just want to make sure, just in case he'd figured it out, but uh maybe maybe not. But no. <laughs> it, it they they will go, they will close out on shooters, this Bucks team. So uh, if you can try to limit those guys, try to get them in the paint, maybe Dante, maybe Dante is the one guy you want doing that. But if you, if you get like guys like quickly get guys like Josh Hart, those guys will play a lot smarter in the paint. Like I manual quickly is the one guy I've wanted on the bucks for a long time. Uh, oh, wow. like, and it's like not a long time. Cause it's not like been a long time, but you know, for the last like two years, but it's he, he's a guy who really, really impresses me with this decision-making and sort of his ability to like operate inside the perimeter. So mm. if 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 he's a guy who can go out there and sort of give the Bucks trouble in that mid-range area, because with the Bucks playing drop defense again, it's the same sort of issues that they've had in years past. Even if you have a guy like Drew Holiday, you're still going to give up a lot of floaters. You're going to give a lot of mid-range shots because you're playing drop defense because Brooke Lopez is sagging towards the rim. So if the Knicks bench, like their bench unit is sort of poised to take advantage of that, I could see them giving a lot of trouble to the Bucks. Okay. And, and you know, Quick's decision-making has gotten better over the years. He still has, hasn't seen so much this season as last year where he'll just randomly pull up for three. And I'm like, we could have set up an offensive set. Uh, sometimes the two-for-ones that he likes to do, I'm like, yeah, not really what I'm feeling right now, especially when you got a defender just closing out on you. But Quick has gotten better this year. His playmaking has definitely improved. Um, it's nice to hear that somebody – appreciates Emmanuel quickly because we have a division in this fan base about how great quickly is and how much we should appreciate him and all that type of stuff. So we'll see, man. Look, he didn't, he didn't get an extension this year. He'll, he could, he's going to be a restricted free agent. We'll see what happens, but love quickly on this team, man. He's, he's just a gamer and I, I, you can't change it. Every time he's on the court, he's just a positive defensively, offensively. I, I, I like what he does. Um, My biggest thing next for the bench is like, who's stopping Bobby Portis and Bobby, Bobby Portis, Portis. That's the answer. Yeah, Bobby. <laughs> yes, Bobby Portis will stop Bobby Portis. I mean, he didn't have a great game against the Knicks. He went two of ten for the last time. But the thing is that you talk about the, you talk about the matchup for the Bucks and the Knicks, and it's you know you got the height, you got the strength, and, and that's I mean Bobby Portis asked that because he's coming off the bench. We don't have a true four, you know. Uh, we have Josh Hart playing the four right now for us. So defensively. 
that's going to be an issue because height advantage, just shooting over somebody, uh, strength wise, he likes to he can go back to the basket. For me, I'm think like we need I we need to figure out a way to slow down Bobby Portis if he gets into his bag. I know he didn't last game, but that's the guy who I'm looking at for the Bucks bench because you don't have Jay Crowder, but Bobby Portis can still do his thing. Yeah, for sure. Bobby Portis, like for all I've talked about, he's still he's still a bucket getter in the in the in the uh, simplest sense. Like he will go out there, he will uh, get those face up jumpers, but he'll also do a little post work back to the basket. He he likes to catch on the baseline, sort of size up his opponent, and then either either post up, just sort of take a face up jumper. One thing that's really sort of um, troubled him is like just getting those quick doubles when he gets on the baseline because it, you essentially have two extra defenders in both sidelines if he's catching it sort of in the corner on the baseline so he doesn't make the pass right away which allows for a recovery from the guy who's doubling and i could see like if a guy like josh hart's coming with a double uh just from like the weak side like yeah it's going to be an issue because he's gonna need to make a decision and bobby Porter, see it his decision making hasn't been the cleanest when he's coming uh, when it when it comes to passing out of doubles, so that's one thing where the Knicks could really uh, take advantage. But you're right, the the Bobby Portis matchup is going to be really really important because he is just bigger than most guys on the bench, and that's his biggest strength. He's big, he's quick, he'll he'll run fast and transition too. He's one of the guys who can actually like get back and sort of deter shots at the rim in transition. It's just it's just a shame because he's just not the he's not the most defensively gifted player. He tries his best. I'll give him that. He 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 tries so hard out there. It's just tough sometimes. Thankfully, Adrian Griffin does not play him in a drop defense because that is a disaster. They sort of like to do like high hedges with uh, Bobby because he can recover uh, fairly quickly. So it's 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 good to see that. But yeah, Bobby in terms of his in terms of his offensive load is going to be uh, is going to be fun. Yeah, we'll definitely see about that. And look, we experienced the Bobby Portis th- defense on the Knicks, especially because we had uh, the joke every day. Every, everyone said that yeah, we had four power forwards. We had too many power forwards between Randall, Bobby P, Marcus Morris, and, and I, I don't want to go down that list anymore. We're we're in a good place right now. I don't want I don't need to go through with that. But here's the X factor of my game, the X factor, and I think he could be a consistent X factor throughout the rest of the season. It's R.J. Barrett for the Knicks, and I'm looking at him and how he's going to handle the Chris Middleton matchup. Cause I do think that's who he has to guard defensively. And I think that is who will be guarding him defensively. And so can RJ who's been struggling a little bit since he came back from a migraine issue, he started off the season really well. And that's been a big issue for RJ in the past, which is he gets off to these slow starts. Then he'll figure out in like December, like end of November, beginning of December, like get on these hot streaks, then get cold again. But he started off the season strong. And then just as soon as we needed him, he got a migraine and now he's back to, trying to figure his way after missing a, an entire week of basketball earlier in the season. But him against Middleton is another matchup for my X factor. That's the X factor matchup because I feel like that's how the game could be had for either the Bucks or the Knicks is that if RJ shows up with his a game, then it puts the Knicks obviously in a great situation offensively uh, to defeat the Bucks. But, and then for Milwaukee, conversely, like if Middleton plays how Middleton can play, at his level. And it looks like he's been getting into that type of rhythm. That's a problem. That's a big problem. 
Yeah, it's it's going to be really interesting because in one way this matchup is a little bit skewed because Chris Middleton is not uh, uh he's just on the defensive end it's it's not holding up super super well. That's one benefit to playing a drop defense more is you can you can sort of funnel guys into the into the paint where you have guys like Brook Lopez and then Giannis as a backline helper. It, it's it's interesting for that because like Chris Middleton on the defensive end, I think RJ Barrett's going to have every opportunity. I think he's going to have opportunities to really get to the rim score trying to take guys off the dribble if you're going to take a guy up to dribble on this bucks team it's chris middleton or it might be malik beasley honestly but uh we, we shall see with that but chris middleton one thing that he can do like you mentioned he's sort of getting into his bag a little bit more offensively as he sort of builds up his minutes uh this season coming off off-season surgery and just like a slew of injuries these last couple of years he's sort of ramping back up he's it, it it almost feels like he's in a perpetual ramp up state which is just really unfortunate i feel so bad for chris but it's just he, he's starting to get his scoring back he's starting to get his three-point ball back because he started off really poorly he's not taking a ton of threes at least he wasn't now he's starting to take more threes in their last game against the hawks the bucks uh and chris middleton took a lot more threes but again that is the atlanta hawks uh so take that as you will but Chris Middleton, one thing he will do is if he has a smaller guy on him and RJ Barrett is a little bit, I think he's a little bit smaller than Chris Middleton because Chris Middleton, like, I think one of my biggest qualms with Chris is that like, dude, play like you're six, nine, cause you're six, nine. And <laughs> it's like, yeah, he, he plays like he's six, five, but if you can just like utilize your size, he will perpetually back someone up on the baseline take a little fadeaway jumper. He looks like he's Kobe or Jordan doing it, but he he constantly does it. We used to joke on Bucks Twitter. We used to call it the tough. We co- used to call Chris the tough shot express because he would always take like mm. these, these crazy tough shots, but that's just how he's built his career. And when you see him sort of posting up a guy on the baseline, back to the basket, sort of working, taking a little fadeaway, more than more often than not, it's actually money because that's his shot. That's what he's worked on. If you get a smaller guy on him, he will go to work. He's not going to necessarily like break you down off the dribble with some crazy handle package or anything. He's not going to go slice to the rim and just dunk on someone. That's not his game. He's going to methodically break you down. He's going to use slow finesse moves to really get you. And if you're smaller than him, which RJ Barrett is, it's going to be a little bit of a difficult assignment. Do I think RJ Barrett wins that matchup? I do because he's quicker, he's younger, he's faster, more athletic. He can do more on the court currently right now than Chris Middleton and can play better defense than Chris Middleton can right now. But I do think you're right. I do think that's an important matchup because if it's a wash in terms of like, oh, RJ's going off and Chris is going off, I think that's a win because I consider Chris to be sort of the canary in the coal mine for this Bucks offense. If Chris is not doing well, that's a signal that this this Bucks offense is not operating at a high level because if if defenders are going at Giannis and then recovering to Dame, the one guy who's like going to be left wide open is Chris Middleton. And if Chris Middleton cannot be converting in those matchups, that's a sign that the Bucks offense isn't doing very well. But if it is a wash and Chris is doing well and RJ is doing well, I think that's a win for the Bucs because it means the Bucs offense is operating on all cylinders, which is just unstoppable. For sure. And then the last thing I'll say is like for, for RJ, like I think the biggest thing for him is like not getting those blinders on. And I think, I think Chris as an underrated defender as he has been, even when he was at fully healthy is that he knows how to like kind of lull guys into making mistakes. Like he's not, he's not going to overpower you, but he he's very savvy enough. And that's something I've liked about Middleton. I liked his offensive game. Like when he was like 
back in his prime, I'll say now. But and he also had this way of just like lulling opponents into making mistakes. That's that's something that I always respected about Middleton. Um, but yeah, man, Rohan, I appreciate you coming on and, and helping break down this sh- uh, break down this game. I want to know what your thoughts on how this game's gonna uh, gonna pan out. Are we gonna are we gonna get down to the crunch time clutch minutes from both of these teams? Because you know, Dame, you already mentioned the clutch shots, clutch shooting from this team earlier in the show, and then Brunson likes to do Brunson things when it gets down to two minutes or within that five minute span. What do you th- how do you think this all plays out? I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a close game again. I mean, last time, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe the Bucs had a big lead. New York sort of climbed its way back into that game. Jalen Brunson, like you mentioned, 45 points. It's going to be it's going to be a fun matchup. Let me tell you what, like these matchups are fun. We're going to get Celtics Pacers tonight. That's going to be fun. But Bucks, I think the Eastern Conference IST matchups are really, really, really fun. And like you mentioned at the top, potentially playoff uh, previews. But I think it's going to be close. If it's a close game, I do give the edge to the Bucs because they have, I believe, two of the top four fourth quarter scorers in the league in Giannis and Dame. And they're just they have those closers. But I wouldn't I honestly, honestly wouldn't be shocked if if it comes down to a close game and the Knicks sort of bully their way into position. I'm I'd lean Bucks. I'll I'll say if we're if you want me to make an actual prediction, I'll say Knicks and Bucks. I'll say this game ends Bucks by three i'll say it's really close sounds about right i think it's sounds gonna be right. really close it sounds about right i mean every time the knicks and the bucks face off even in years past it always is a close game um whew. i'm in agreement with you i think it's gonna come down to like it's gonna come down to a two three-point game between these two teams i'm gonna take knicks i think the knicks are gonna come back with revenge Obviously, you're gonna take the Bucks. I'm gonna take the Knicks. No shocker there. Um, although some guests decide to shock me, especially if it's a lowly team. Like if it's a lowly team, like someone who's covering the Pistons, like, and they I, like they they came to say it with a straight face. They're like, ah, we're, you know, Knicks are gonna probably win this one. There's there's guys in the past who are like, ah, the Knicks are gonna, you know, the Knicks are gonna win this one. Even when we cover the Bulls, they're like, ah, Knicks are gonna cover. Knicks are gonna win this one. It's like thank you for giving respect to a good team finally. But this game, I'm looking for revenge on the Knicks side, man, because it was only Jalen Brunson out there. Yeah, we had good shooting from Grimes. Uh, that night, uh, that night as well, we had a good outing from quickly off the bench. But Knicks are healthy. I think they're look. They got to face the Bucks. We're facing each other five times a season. That's a lot. First of it all, it is a lot. We 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 got and we we have even talk like we could come back to this for you know the the mini series that we have towards Christmas because that's another thing that we got going on. So, but I, I'm I'm expecting the Knicks to come back for revenge in this one. I'm expecting. Randall to have a good game. I know Brunson's going to do what he does best. Um, I think Randall shows up in this one in, in a big way, and he and he needs to because he has the whole playoff lackluster performances. And I think in a high profile game, look, it's going to be nationally televised. Spotlights are going to be bright. Um, you're on the road. I think Julius is going to step up for this one, and, and that's that's how, and that's how I think it's going to have to be done in order for the Knicks to to edge this one out but it won't come down to three points it's gonna come down to three points either it's way good. if it's uh, a it's three point be, line it can go either way it can go either way like yeah. i wouldn't like i wouldn't be shocked if it was next by three like I, I it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest for sure but rohan appreciate you for coming on the show please let our listeners know where they can find you if you got anything up and coming that we should be on the lookout for uh, yeah, you can find us on the Eurostep podcast. Check out all of our stuff at gspn.info website. We'll lead you to everything. 
Uh, but yeah, we'll have a bunch of things covered for the in-season tournament. Uh, let's say if the Bucks do lose this matchup, it doesn't matter. But if they do win, uh, we'll have we'll have previews, post-game pods for every game for the in-season tournament. We're we're treating this like we do the playoffs. Uh, so we we do that for the playoffs. We'll do that for the in-season tournament. Hopefully, I, I'm probably saying this to the wrong crowd, but hopefully it, we don't stop here. <laughs> but <laughs> um, I again, I wouldn't be shocked if the Knicks did win this game. It's it's it'll be fun for sure. But yeah uh eurostep podcast eurostep podcast network find all our stuff at gspn.info and thank you for having me truly of course rohan appreciate you for coming through and helping me preview this game and giving us all the intel on the milwaukee bucks and kftv knicks nation you all know what to do make sure to hit that thumbs up button for your boys make sure to share these links make sure to support the channel if you haven't subscribed make sure to subscribe already also, if you can't catch us live, you know what you can do. You can all you can download it. You can download the show on any audio listening platform, Apple, Spotify, whatever it may be. So you can go make sure to check it out there, so that way you get ready for all these games with all these previews. Also, make sure to check out KnicksFanTV.com. We're covering the game in written format as well. We got a bunch of talented, talented writers over there as well. So make sure to support KnicksFanTV.com. Also, make sure to support our sponsors, Underdog Fantasy, okay? Make sure to use that promo code KFTV to get up to a $100 match. And look, salute to the franchise channel members for tuning in today. I see JJ's in here. I see who else do we got in here? We got Warren Smith in here. Shout out to you. We got JRose712. Shout out to you. Shout out to everyone tuning in today. Shout out to all of you. Shout out to everyone from Knicks Nation. Salute to all the mods. We appreciate all of you. We'll catch you later for tomorrow for play-by-play and post-game action as always. And make sure to tune into the NBA report today at 3 p.m. All right, Knicks Nation, we'll catch you later. We out. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.